section five of the rover volume one number seven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the rover volume one number seven edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section five victor or the fisherman's foundling by a oakley at a romantic village in the north some years past there resided in a small but neat cottage an humble aged fisherman bearing the name of arnold he had been reduced to extreme privations by becoming security for a friend but still he had a treasure which to his imagination far exceeded any other this was an only daughter a lovely girl whose transcendent beauty was the admiration of all who gazed upon her and in whom was concentrated every virtue that heaven could bestow she mourned in secret her father's poverty but in his presence she endeavoured by her affection and attention to smooth the rugged path of his life and lead him to pleasure and contentment it was the natal day of ellen who had attained her eighteenth year she was seated by her father's side her raven ringlets hanging on her snowy bosom and the smile of innocence playing on her lovely countenance she contrasted finely with the careworn features and the silvery hair of arnold her father who though evidently labouring under heavy affliction endeavoured to force a smile and inwardly blessed his only offspring they had nearly finished their morning meal when ellen began the conversation in the following words tell me father when do you expect our dear edward will return from sea ellen my child answered her father if i anticipate rightly in two months we shall again behold him indeed said ellen but how strange it is dear father that you have never discovered any of his friends ay returned arnold strange indeed girl tis now sixteen years ago when one morning while hastening to the seaside for the purpose of fishing i beheld a lovely boy apparently lifeless stretched upon the beach i flew to his aid and with joy discovered that it still breathed i instantly conveyed the little sufferer hither and consigned it to the care of your poor mother bless her memory she relieved its wants and cherished it as though it was her own offspring from that time edward for so i have called him became your playmate and companion i made every inquiry in my power to ascertain his parents but was never able to succeed two years since as you well remember he expressed a desire to become a sailor i obtained for him a situation in a vessel 
and placed in his charge the locket bound round his infant waist thinking it might prove a clue to the discovery of his long-lost parents and then reluctantly for a short time consented to part with him the pearly drops chased each other down ellen's cheek as in mournful accents she said oh father i shall never forget the day he left us i never wept so much in my life but he promised soon to come back to us alas said her father i fear i shall not have a roof to shelter him when he returns for i have not money to pay our heartless landlord and he threatens to turn us out of the cottage they will convey me to prison continued he in an agitated voice and you my child my only joy will become a houseless wanderer oh heavens i scarce can tears choked his utterance and he fell exhausted into his chair ellen gazed upon his aged form breathed a prayer to heaven for his protection and wiped away the tears that rolled down his furrowed cheeks at length he recovered and they tenderly embraced each other at this moment a knock was heard at the cottage door and on ellen opening it she was presented with a letter she gave it to her father who desired her to read it to him she immediately broke the seal and read the following lines it is with feelings of the deepest regret i write to inform you that as the vessel in which edward was my shipmate was returning home about six months since it was wrecked oh heavens cried ellen read father read arnold took the letter with trembling hands which proceeded thus and edward with all the crew except myself met a watery grave on hearing the last sentence ellen shrieked and hysterically exclaimed he is dead he is gone ah ha ha overcome by her feelings she fell into the arms of her father every preparation had been made at the castle for a grand entertainment which was to be given by the owner count alfonso this man was about forty years of age of sullen aspect and fierce disposition he advanced alone from the castle with an agitated step his very frame seemed convulsed with fear and conscience was gnawing at his heart at length he muttered to himself alfonso when will thy miseries cease my murdered victims haunt my mind my footsteps my couch my every action the dagger with which i struck the fatal blow seem glittering before me and see see he exclaimed in a fit of frenzy see the blood the hot blood is streaming from its point oh agony insupportable at this instant a ruffian in his pay covered with a dark cloak came toward him and having satisfied himself that no one observed him in a hoarse voice intimated that his hand and dagger were at his master's service marvin said alfonso listen to me ellen the daughter of arnold the poor fisherman must become mine he is indebted to me for rent which i know he cannot discharge could i obtain her consent to unite herself to me by a false marriage should i obtain my every desire this marvin for many reasons would be better than violence i have been rejected but her lover has since died and perhaps at this instant he saw the form of ellen approaching them 
they immediately concealed themselves from observation ellen who was on her way home paused as she drew near the castle in the bitterness of her grief she exclaimed oh my father what will be your fate no one to assist thee in thy declining age i had hoped that edward oh let me not mention that much-loved name it rends my soul the tears flowed down her lovely face as alfonso now came toward her ellen said he why this sadness what melancholy thoughts hang so heavy on that snowy brow oh my lord she replied the tears starting from her beaming eyes my father ay tis true returned alfonso he is poor and friendless but consent to become mine and you save him i love you and your life would be one of pleasure come oh my lord cried ellen do not urge me to this kneeling i implore you to save my father from a prison do this and a daughter's gratitude alfonso interrupted her tis your love i seek i am rich and every blessing will attend thee and thy father ellen let this kiss decide it he attempted to kiss her but she disengaging herself from his grasp rushed from him hence my lord she exclaimed hence nor dare insult me more take all that we possess leave us houseless penniless destitute of food than glory in the manly triumph you will achieve still the humble fisherman and his offspring will retain one treasure that the oppressors of the poor the destroyers of virtue never never can a clear unsullied conscience and a heart that never felt a pang by the thought of having committed an action which would not be blessed with the approving smile of heaven ellen hurried from his presence and was soon far from the castle the count stood for some moments silent and at length in a passionate tone cried fool that i was to suffer her to escape thus easily but still she shall be mine marvin instantly to arnold's dwelling and drag him spite of all opposition to a dungeon in the castle the best plan would be to silence him at once cried marvin laying his hand upon his dagger alfonso started at these words no no he replied blood enough has been shed already to gain for me these estates ha 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 cried the ruffian why think of that tis so long since that i declare i had almost forgotten the whole transaction although it was this very poignard that drank the blood of the much-loved count victor but why think of that let us return to business what's to be done with the girl let her also be brought hither away marvin away marvin instantly quitted his master's presence with an air of triumph alfonso resumed now proud girl thou shalt soon find that alfonso like unto the hungry vulture never suffers his prey to escape him he then followed marvin on his way to arnold's cottage ellen meanwhile proceeded toward her home she entered the cottage and found her father in the most poignant grief oh my father said she how can this calamity be averted they will take thee to a loathsome dungeon the winter of thy days to be passed in gloomy wretchedness nay my child replied he soothingly i care not for myself so that my ellen is happy happy repeated ellen oh do not think thus of your child ever have you been the most affectionate of fathers to increase my comfort has been your greatest pleasure and now that poverty and wretchedness surround thee 
can i dream of happiness oh my father talk not thus or you will break your poor ellen's heart forgive me exclaimed arnold my child my poor ellen they were folded in each other's arms when a loud knocking was heard at the door ellen excited at almost to madness entreated her parent to cling to her and in a voice choked with emotion cried they shall not part us marvin finding the door was not speedily opened raised the latch and entering the apartment exclaimed arnold i am ordered unless you instantly pay the money owing to the count to convey you to prison ellen imploringly begged of him to desist nay my lady said marvin count alfonso will not release your father but upon one condition that is that you consent to his proposals arnold indignantly replied never shall she purchase my liberty at the expense of her own happiness well then returned marvin you must go with me he immediately seized the feeble fisherman and dragged him toward the door ellen clung to her father exclaiming spare him spare my father at this crisis the count entered the cottage and bowing ordered marvin to release the old man he approached ellen and in a low voice said ellen are you still inexorable do you still reject and pronounce a father's doom ellen who was in the deepest torment and anxiety at the peril in which her father was placed replied count alfonso think not that thy riches dazzle me think not that i could ever love thee my heart is already broken my hopes of happiness are lost for ever he whom i loved dearer than my life is now buried beneath the merciless waves i have but one golden link to bind me to the earth tis my dearest father and rather than he the author of my being should drag through a miserable existence within a loathsome dudgeon i i consent to become thy wife at these words which were unconsciously spoken by the despairing ellen alfonso's face brightened up and not appearing to notice ellen's embarrassment said tis well my girl to-morrow shall our nuptials be celebrated and then turning to marvin he muttered away to the castle let a disguise be procured thou shalt for a time assume a monkish garb and a mock ceremony shall secure for me my prize away marvin immediately obeyed his master farewell ellen continued he depend on happiness awaits thee with these words the villain left the house when ellen became conscious of the awful promise she had made she rushed to her father crying gracious heavens what what have i done consented to wed one whom my soul abhors o father support me she fell senseless in her father's arms on the following morning as the village clock struck the ninth hour a young sailor appeared on the bridge by the side of arnold's cottage this was no other than the long-lost edward who unknown to the person who had written the letter to arnold had been rescued from his perilous situation by another vessel which happened to pass him at the time eve alib exclaimed he in a jovial manner to his shipmates just steered down to yonder grog shop and when i've seen my little craft i'll set sail after you they shook hands with him and went to make merry edward now came across the little bridge and looking steadfastly at his protector's cottage he said there's the house in which i was brought up from my infancy there dwells my father no no not my father exactly but he has always proved himself a warm-hearted friend to me and i can't find another name good enough for him how i long to kiss the sweet lips of my dear ellen bless her little daylights she little thinks i'm here or damn me she'd be in my arms in the turning of a handspike 
i don't know how it is but my heart flutters about like the topsail in a gale of wind a villager and his betrothed now cross the bridge now listen to me exclaimed the girl lumpkin i tell thee what it is i've made up my mind i won't be married till next sunday surely thee can wait till then no returned her lover i be not going to wait any longer haven't we been making love for these last two years and now we ought to be thinking of something else he he we be losing time oh nonsense said phoebe i'm sure thee oughtn't to be in such a hurry besides sunday be such a fine day to be married and all the villagers will be dressed in their new clothes like i tell thee what it is phoebe you don't love me you don't behave well to me you don't consider my tender feelings i tell thee what it is i've made up my mind i won't be married i'll die a virgin i will he was about to leave her when phoebe ran after him and taking a firm hold of the tails of his coat cried out oh my lumpkin do stay and marry me i'll do anything you please well then said lumpkin give me a kiss lass he kissed her and then proceeded you see phoebe the reason that i want to be married to-day is because my lord alfonso is going to do the same and as ellen the daughter of arnold is to be his wife they may give us a trifle for keeping em company like edward who had remained by the cottage unnoticed now rushed forward and seizing the affrighted lumpkin by the throat cried liar vile calumniator they both imagined it to be edward's ghost and as soon as lumpkin was released from edward's grasp they hastily made their way over the bridge exclaiming murder ghost murder edward stood for some time in astonishment he could not believe his ellen false and yet why should they have spoken thus as he stood in the agony of suspense the cottage door opened ah tis ellen he exclaimed edward cried ellen the sudden joy overcame her and she fell insensible into the arms of her lover tears glistened in the eyes of her lover as he gazed upon her lovely cheek poor ellen said he can she be false has time obliterated my name from her memory it is it must be so one last kiss and then farewell for ever he imprinted a kiss upon her pale cheek as ellen now recovered on again beholding edward she cried tis no dream it is my dear dear edward dear he exclaimed reproachfully oh canst thou still use that word hast thou not promised to wed count alfonso then raising his voice he continued say ellen say it is false as hell a foul calumny or we part for ever oh edward she replied it is true that in a moment of distraction i i consented but i can explain explain interrupted he ay thou canst tell me that the vows of constancy when we parted are forgotten that riches dazzled thee for the sake of splendour thou didst forget the poor sailor he who tenderly loved you from his childhood and would have died for your sake thou art false false ellen farewell for ever with these words he rushed from her presence he had proceeded some distance when he discovered he had reached the gate of his rival's abode when suddenly he heard a faint cry of distress it gradually became more powerful and listening he caught the following words this way marvin follow me edward immediately concealed himself from notice when alfonso approached with ellen whom he had seized in the act of endeavouring to retrace her lover's footsteps marvin followed him villains wretches exclaimed the terrified girl taunt on proud girl returned alfonso i care not for thy words they are useless ha ha behold thy future home the castle of alfonso release me my lord or dread heaven's vengeance never now girl thou shalt keep thy promise this night thou shalt be mine o oh, my lord said the weeping maiden if thou hast the smallest ray of pity in thy heart if you would not seal my death in mercy restore me to my father never returned the count 
thou hast pledged thy word to become mine and by my power thou shalt keep it hence monster hence said ellen firmly it was madness that tempted me to pronounce that odious sentence i was bereaved of him who loved me faithfully a letter informed me of his death you was about to drag my aged father to a loathsome dungeon in that moment of frenzy i unconsciously uttered the detested words but rather than become thine cowardly villain i would perish ellen exclaimed the villain my triumph is complete thou art in my power thy cries are heeded not and thus do i take possession of my prize he seized ellen by the arm and was about to drag her into the castle when she struggled with him eventually secured a dagger that was in his belt and rushing from him cried in a resolute tone stand back i say do you or your hired myrmidon move but one step to approach me and i buried this dagger in my bosom edward who had observed all that had passed rushed toward her exclaiming in a tone of rapture she is innocent ellen i have wronged thee he eagerly embraced her and then suddenly turned to the astonished villains placing his hands upon his knees and staring full in the face he fearlessly uttered the following words o oh, you couple of damned piratical land sharks insult a woman shame on you she's in your power eh continued he repeating alfonso's words i will tell you what it is you lovers never but through my heart shall you harm a hair of this maiden's head hence dog or take the reward of thy temerity proudly exclaimed alfonso there just stand on one side ellen said edward coolly and i will show them the consequences of insulting a defenceless girl come on you couple of swabs i'll soon settle your reckoning for you they immediately rushed upon him a terrible conflict took place which lasted a considerable time at length by a heavy blow from marvin's sword edward was felled to the ground they were about to dispatch him when a shipmate of edward's who was passing rushed between them darn me what are you about exclaimed the weather-beaten tar two against one that aren't fair play no no ben the boatswain won't stand tamely by and see it so up with you lad said he to edward and we'll show them what stuff british tars are made of the combat was here renewed and both pair of combatants being nearly equal in strength it was doubtful who would prove the victors marvin now made a desperate thrust at ben who leaped on one side and the sword entered the breast of alfonso at this moment a crowd of villagers and sailors approached the spot marvin was immediately secured edward raised the dying count in his arms who in a voice of agony cried i die i die my brain is bursting my senses leave me and ah what horrid phantom appears to my bewildered gaze tis the count victor whose blood has dyed these hands and see see his infant son he struggles with the merciless waves he sinks save him save him here he started and gave a cry of horror on perceiving the locket which hung from edward's neck ah he continued that locket thou thou art he say say thy pa parents alas replied arnold who had accompanied the villagers he knows them not that locket was fastened to his waist when i discovered him sixteen years ago on yonder beach from my orders said the count thou wert placed in that perilous situation but heaven hath preserved thee thou art the son of count victor thy father perished by these hands marvin and myself forged a will but here continued he placing in the hands of edward a bunch of keys in my cabinet thou wilt find the true one which will restore thee to thy estates pardon forgive me hark tis victor calls mercy mercy he gave a faint struggle and in another moment was a lifeless corpse ellen and edward rushed into each other's arms as all present simultaneously exclaimed long live count victor the original will was discovered where alfonso stated edward soon after united himself to his beloved and faithful ellen and the peasantry around blessed the benevolent count and countess victor End of section
fine.